Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to a very special edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. And usually when we do our podcast, you know, the whole spiel that we do, we do the whole, you know, listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio, listen to us here on Apple, iTunes, all that jazz, and there's usually intro music played, and we're all happy and excited, you know, to talk to you about sports every week or twice a week or how many other times we want to or that we can, given our sports schedules and everything of that nature. But if you also have been listening to this podcast over the past three years or so or longer, you also know that we do not shy away from talking about what in and around our country because there's a lot that has happened over these last few years that has affected our country, race relations-wise and police brutality, oppression, a lot of things that have affected our country. And we use this platform because all of us on this platform, the majority, are millennials. So the things that are happening now affect us and affect the generation going forward. And to you about the Pulse nightclub shooting or the, you know, police shootings of Mike Brown and Alton Strowman and Wendell Castile. We all have to talk about what happened in Charlottesville last weekend or this past weekend where many were injured, three were killed due to a despicable disgraceful white nationalist rally that had alt-right white supremacists, neo-Nazis converging on a liberal college campus, if you want to call it, or, or, or city in Virginia, causing a ruckus, teaching torches. It's unexplainable to what we have seen and what we did see last weekend. And it's more crazy to see the fallout, the reaction, from people in political power, the reaction of people who are leaders of so-called movements of the alt-right and neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And it leads us to a question of where do we go from here to what we saw? How did we get to this point and happen on Saturday? Because we can look back and we can say, well, this happened, this happened, but it's, it's so crazy for everything that happened. There wasn't a lot. That it, it, we didn't have enough amount of time, ample time in our minds to just take a step back and say what happened because we're all watching the 24-7 news. We're all watching CNN, and MSNBC. We're checking our phones, so Twitter, social media, Facebook, everything. And it's so beautiful in a way to see that because – you're seeing, and I think this is a credit to our generation as millennials, and not people in just in our generation, but people that are older, take a real response to what's happening in our country race-wise, and we're seeing it not only in positive, but also in sports, as well with athletes making a stand when it comes to the national anthem. And there's just a lot that's happening in this country, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about what is exactly going on here in this country because there's a lot that happened and I feel like this is the most 
great the 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 best platform that we can talk about this stuff on. And let's get it underway and talk about it. And I have three people on the line that I feel that are good to talk about this topic. And let's you know get it underway. First and foremost, Jalil Phillips is joining us on on this special edition of the podcast, the Let's Not Stick the Sports podcast. We're going to call it. We have Kurt Jenkins joining us as well on the podcast, and we also have Hansel Montoni also joining us here on uh, on the podcast tonight. I appreciate you all joining and coming on to talk about this because this is a very important thing to talk about, and I feel like we don't have we don't have times like this. Not 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 saying times like this with what's happening, but we don't have moments like this where we can sit down and talk about this. Yeah, we can tweet and Facebook statuses and you know get our tweets out and, and et cetera. But it's nothing like actually verbally discussing these things and you know talking about what happened because the things that happen in Charlottesville affect us on an everyday life. So I appreciate you all uh, coming on tonight. No problem at all. I'm glad to be here with you guys. I'm really hoping that we can have a really intelligent discourse and share some opinions together tonight. So I was happy to hear about this opportunity. Yeah, it just kind of came at the spur of the moment. I mean, me, Jalil, and Kurt, just in the group me. Talking, I was just like, all right, we want to do this, and I was just like, all right, let's do it. And Kurt, you know, he was the guy. He was like, can we do it? He was like, can we push it back to tomorrow? And I was like, all right, Kurt, we got you. Push it back to tomorrow <laughs> and get make it happen. And hey, hey man, I got yeah, I got to get a, I got to get up at five a.m. for work, so I was like, yeah, I'm already like winding down. So right. tomorrow might work. So. Yeah, <laughs> and it did work because it gave us an extra day to digress from what we saw yesterday with uh, 45, but we're going to talk about that later. But let's just step in our time machine and go back to this past weekend and the violence that we saw in Charlottesville with, and it's so unfathomable to think of this or even say this, in 2017, we're talking about white supremacists, white nationalists, neo-Nazis, all right. Things that you think Nazis, you're talking World War II. We're talking 2017, and we see the screens, you know, we see the, 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 the them being the aggressors almost, and you had obviously the, the Antifa movement, the anti-fascist movement, who Donald Trump has called the alt-left, which is no such thing as the alt-left. So we had that, we had, you know, the not the famous image, the image of the, 20-year-old, all, you know, white men with their tiki torches looking to, you know, set it off and doing damage that way that Friday night, then everything just blew up and came to a head, and it's just it's just crazy that this all happened, and obviously many were injured, three people were killed, two cops were killed, and obviously Heather Heyer was tragically killed as a car plowed in you know, to her and many others on that street, thanks to a coward known as, known as James Alex Phillips Jr. He's a coward, and I don't care to say that. He's a coward, and he will get what he deserves. But what were just your guys' reactions 
you know, when you saw just all this stuff happening on live TV. Like, you couldn't believe it. But in a way, you could believe it because we're kind of not immune to it, but the way things have gone is just like we're seeing these type of things happen on an everyday basis, but nothing to this extent where you're just like, holy crap, like, what is going on? That That's exactly what my reaction was, actually, Joe. And um, the reason I was so into uh, getting on this podcast with you guys, because I know everybody here um, is very aware of what's going on, and I can tell just by, you know, the conversations we've had previously, uh, just how, how plugged in everybody is. And um, so I am one – I am – the bane of my existence has been being on social media lately because it has really, um, in case no, in case you don't know, if you have no faith in the world, <laughs> if you have no faith in humanity, there are some really dark spots on the internet that you wish didn't exist mm-hmm. and they do. And they are very strong. Um, and sometimes those dark spots are don't seem like they're all that dark. I mean, you get there, and you, it, sometimes it's that just the comments at the bottom of a video, you know, or it's just um, mm-hmm. people posting their own reactions on YouTube and some truly vile stuff. Um, I remember in particular this one guy posted a video. I forget his name. He posted a video. He is a known neo-Nazi. He's a, he's a known white supremacist, um, and there's actually a warrant out for his arrest. And he posted a video saying that um, any cop that came looking for him um, is is going to arrest him all unlawfully, and therefore he would shoot them. Um, and I and the only thing I could think to myself was, oh my, oh my gosh, the amount of the first of all, the amount of privilege you have to have just to be able to say something like that is just uh-huh. unbelievable. And I, I do think it's important to say this though. Um, just like a lot of people believe that the African American population is violent, and because simply because we have a higher rate of violence, although that has more to do with socioeconomic status than it does the color of skin. Um, just like people, just like we say, there's bad apples in every race. I will say this: not all white, not. Not all white people are, you know, racist or anything like that. Not at all. Uh-huh. It's just the bad apples that seem to get that, that that get more attention than others, you know. And there's so many more people that are not white people that are not neo Nazis, not white supremacists, and have spent their lives speaking out against those things. There's so many more people that have not been a part of that because. Those people are what they are. They get more attention, and I don't want anyone to think like, oh, man, this is just what America is, because that's not what America is. That's what America gives has given birth to on accident over in the in past years, but that's not what America is, and I really do have that kind of optimism when it comes to uh, believing that that indeed is a small segment of the population, even though we all know racism is more covert than it used to be. Um, and, you know, I, I I look forward to hearing everybody else's opinions, so I'm not going to dominate the mic here, but uh, 
I think I've basically said what I wanted to say. Uh, I'll, I'll go second. Uh, you, you know, my my first reaction was I, I just sat in silence. When when I see things like this, I, I don't really. I, I tend to close social media. I, you know, I did I did put the hashtag up because a lot of I watched it from like early on. Like via the via the web because look the uh, national media outlets hadn't you know put it on the airwaves yet, but if you go back and look on my timeline from Saturday, I began talking about what was going on pretty early on throughout the day, and a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about up until about noon mm-hmm. o'clock time. But I, I mean, I I, I often I, I sit and ask myself, you know. Honestly, how far have we really come? I mean, we yes, we have more rights than we've ever had, you know, in our lifetimes as African Americans. But it's almost as if the the person who represents this country has inadvertently, I'll put it nicely, reinvigorated all of this hate and all of this bigotry and all of this nonsense that I can't say that I can't say that has been it's been a you know it's been wiped off it's just been like I said Saturday the fire is no longer beneath the surface and that fire was all over uh you know Charlottesville and it was honestly it, the part that was beyond belief was the simple fact that these 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 young these young and old people alike took over an entire college campus on the University of Virginia Friday night? That's the part that a lot of people didn't. I mean, let's just be real. Uh, if if five black guys walk down the street with a tiki torch and they're going to the beach, they're going to get questions. These guys, they were at least two hundred deep, at least two hundred. I mean. Now, I, I'm not saying they necessarily didn't have the right to do that because, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they did a fact show. They did have a permit. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it. But, you know, they had a permit to do these things. And it, it, it was just jaw-dropping. I, I mean, to start attacking college kids and beating them in the streets uh, all because they're against what you're doing. And then the next day, basically, let's just call it for what it was. It was a all hell just broke loose. Uh, I, I just saw body bodies and fists and clubs and sticks flying everywhere. I mean, I saw this one guy. He was an anti-protester, but he had a T-shirt tied around his t- face. He literally went up to one of the guys who was holding it, who, who one of the uh, neo-Nazi guys. Uh, they they exchanged words and then out of nowhere the guy put his gun up and this this particular young man proceeded to I don't so he had some sort of some sort of homemade flamethrower device it, it was like beyond belief there was so much just hatred being exuded from the, from from the television and I, I I really didn't know what to think I was just like uh, I mean it's just like the beginning of the, the next civil war like. Everyone is so focused. On, everyone was so focused on North Korea. I'm like, it's like, 
it, it, it was a it was a homegrown war right then and there, and you know this has this is not one person's fault. This is not Michael Bennett's fault. I heard I saw people blaming blaming Obama. I heard people blaming Trump, blaming blaming Colin Kaepernick. Let's just be real. Racism didn't start in 2008. Racism didn't start when Colin Kaepernick knelt for the flag. Racism didn't start when uh, Beast Mode sat on the cooler eating a banana during a preseason game. Racism is all around us, and it's been all around us. If you have money in your pocket, there are faces of slave owners on that money. We have statues of slave owners all around this country. Uh, the one thing, the, the, the biggest thing that pisses me off about this entire thing, well, there's two things, in fact. One, the fact that our own commander-in-chief will not just say it for what it is. And you guys, you have people like David Duke, who is like his biggest cheerleader right now, and it just it, it just eats at me because people like him and Richard Spencer really are like the true scum of the earth. And I, I mean... If I get in trouble for saying that, I'm sorry, but this is, that's just truly my personal opinion. I mean, I, I don't see how anybody could follow anything these two idiots say. And the simple fact that they get so much airtime, it just it, it just utterly disgusts me. And my, my, my last thought is, I, I really want you guys to listen to this because a lot of people don't catch on when they when when these neo Nazis and these white supremacists say say this. They always have a habit, in my eyes, of contradicting themselves. They always scream, oh, we're not racist. We're just for the white race. We just want our legacy and our history to be preserved. Well, let's look at most of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time, it's either you're defending the Nazi flag, you're defending anything that has to do with Southern culture pertaining to the Civil War and the Confederacy. And what were those things built upon? Slavery and being a damn racist. So, in other words, you are a racist, and you just ah, oh, like it, I, I'm I'm like frustrating myself right now because like, if these if these guys would just listen to themselves sometimes, they would understand how really unintelligent they sound. You you want to you want to preserve your your own history. I, I really want to ask these guys. Okay, so what are you? And if you tell me, oh, well, you're a German-American or you're a Polish-American, oh, so you, so your ancestors weren't born here just like mine were. So you, technically you're an immigrant. If you're not a Native American, you're not from America. Let's just be honest. Yep. Huh? You're right. You're totally right about I, that. I, I, I had to stop. I had to, like, stop talking. No, I had to stop talking because I, like, felt my blood pressure rising up, but, you know. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's great that that's going to happen in this, you know, in this type of discussion. I mean, you're talking about stuff like this, and Angela, you know, what do you think about this? I mean, we heard, you know, Jalil's thoughts on it, Kurt's thoughts, you know, what from your from your you know from your viewpoint and everything that you saw on Saturday, what do you you know what do you what was your thoughts when you you know saw this you know stuff you know break out and, you know, like the neo-Nazis and white supremacists you don't, and all right, and, you know. You don't have to, you don't have to say, people. would you saw this? Jovan, I just want to cut you off. You don't have to say, you saw this, you know. Call it for what it is. Blatant racism, live and, a, live and a, you know, alive and well in America. 
It's no longer right. swept under the rug when you have guys like David Duke parading on Twitter like he just, you know, like like he just won like a major award or something and you know Trump is his right hand man. You might as well you might as well make David Duke the vice president and kick uh Pence out. Well, okay. That's how it, I mean, it, it gets true. a little tough. Uh, no. My turn now? Yep. Yes, my understanding is completely true. I completely understand this is a very, very charged conversation. I mean, in no ways to step out of bounds with anything. That's why I have kind of just sat back and been respectful, let you guys say what you wanted to say. And as far as, like, the neo-Nazis go, I'll say this. My grandfather was not a freaking sergeant in the Army during World War II and flew planes. My grandpa didn't, like, freaking come out of the state of Normandy to have these bastards on our soil doing this stuff. So I completely 110% condemn everything that went on this weekend. It was just very abhorrent, and I I wish that I could find a word that would describe it better, but that's not really the case. Like, I think abhorrent's a good one to go with. Um, Jaleel, I agree with your closing point about how there are bad apples everywhere and it's always a diversionary tactic to be like, well, what about like this within that community to try to say like, well, this community protests this one thing, but what about what they have going on internally? And it's, it is what it is. And it's a diversionary tactic. I agree with you on that. We all have our own problems that, you know, it's kind of like you get your people. I should help get my people right now. Like this, that kind of thing. It's very reciprocal. Um, I also, you know, Jovan, you and I had this exact conversation that kind of went back to uh, one of Kurt's closing points about how I had said to you one time that how my family didn't come over until, like, after the turn of the century. And I was like, I completely think that I took, like, Civil War class that was a history major for a while. I understand like the rationale behind everything was completely wrong and I was glad you wanted every and all that stuff. But we had had this exact conversation and I'm not unsympathetic. It's just I I completely get why people like Robert E. Lee's statue should be torn down. It's not representative of where we are now, but maybe it kind of is because of how backwards we've gone because these people that have had these underlying prejudice and racist thoughts all along are now allowed to live out in the open based on the regime that's in place that kind of allowed them to live out in the open. It was a really, really roundabout way of trying to say what I wanted to say, but just to be honest with you guys, I'm trying to really tread lightly here. So if I really fudged anything up, I apologize. It was not intentional. It's all good. No need to, you know, no need to apologize or anything. Of that nature, and I think all of you are right. All of you are right. I think all of you, you know, your your emotions, your thoughts, some of what a lot of people, especially a lot of people our age, can 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 recognize. And I don't know about you, but I don't know about y'all, but I know for me, just seeing the outpouring of of people our age, you know, actually taking a powerful interest of not only politics, but what's happening in our country, I think is very powerful to think. You know, you're, there, there's there's not a day where you can go on Facebook now when you see people talking and saying, you know, 
this is wrong. This stuff is wrong. Why aren't, why isn't the president saying this about, why isn't he denounce, you know, white supremacists, denounce, you know, denounce David Duke and Richard Spencer. And, you know, I'm, 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 I, and when we, you know, talk about Richard Spencer and David Duke, David Duke, obviously, you all know, Grand Wither, former Grand Wither, KKK. Held a seat, it's held a Senate seat or, or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. It's crazy to see how he has become, like, almost like he has reappeared as the, as, as, as the, as the right hand figurehead of the white nationalist, white supremacist movement, uh, next with his homeboy, Richard Spencer, who we all know from the, you know, famous thing earlier, you know, this year about punching the Nazi, you know, he was giving that whole thing, talking about Pepe the Frog, is there, you know, mascot, and you just see the dude just throw the lower, you know, just punch his lights out, and people were like, oh, my God, but then people were like, no, he deserves to get punched out. He's spitting these ideologies, and we all know Richard Spencer came kind of to power because we saw that video where, you know, he's holding this conference, and you see people, you know, doing the the Nazi, you know, hand gesture and screaming, hail, hail Trump, and, you know, you just see everything. You're just like, hold up. But, again, is this, 19, is this 1937, 1947, or is this 2017? Like, what is going on here? You know, Kurt said, J.D. Duke sitting there applauding Trump. You know, he disses Trump for, for him, for, for Trump going, saying that his, you know, his, you know, Many times, and then Trump comes out on Tuesday and really says how he feels, and David Duke's like, "Yeah, that's my man's right there." He, he representing for this, you know, for this crowd, and it's and it's just just so perplexing to see this because I see this stuff happening, and I and I and I think about my, you know, my grandma who is still living till this day. God bless her. You know, it, it gets me to thinking that yeah, my grandma didn't leave Virginia to see all this stuff still happen in 2017. My grandma's from Virginia. My grandma's from from Culpeper, Virginia, which is right next to Charlottesville. And my grandma didn't leave Virginia to see all this stuff still happen in 2017, but my grandma literally had to deal with the KKK as a young child. Had to deal with the KKK chasing her out of chasing her and her siblings out of the house, or making them jump out of windows and stuff like that. And she still got to see this stuff now. So it's it's kind of perplexing and disheartening to you know see this stuff you know, happening and that, you know, I, I I just I just don't know when we already mentioned at forty five, you know, he was so called what it is, ass backwards. You know, Saturday he comes out and said and he blames many sides. And I'm just like, okay, he doesn't get it. A lot of people doesn't get it. a lot of people like he doesn't get it. Meanwhile his Republican comrades are like, yo, this is white supremacy, this is neo Nazi, this is, you know, it is white nationalists. We we denounced it. They call it what it is. He doesn't call it what it is. White House releases a response Sunday, and it's just like, okay, this is nothing. He comes out Monday, gives a half-ass press conference where he don't even look like he's into it. And then Tuesday, that's where it gets a little interesting. He said there's blame on both sides, but particularly criticizes the alt-left that he now creates. And it's just madness because you look at his White House and he has a nationalist wing in there with Stephen Miller and Stephen Bannon who went on Breitbart. It's just a lot of stuff going on. And I want to start with Angela about this. 45. Mm, I know I, I, he, he, he really, we know he can't really 
say what he really wants to say. We all know he can't denounce this sector of people because these were the same people he was preaching to in his campaign when he was running for president. He is the most disgusting human specimen I think I've ever seen in my entire life with how he panders. Pander, 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 pander to all of these people. You want to know what? Yeah, those are the people that got his ass elected. So forgive me if I get a little profane in my going against this right now because this this this, this man-child makes my blood boil. And, you know, for him to get up there in his press conference at Trump Tower which let's be realistic here, was nothing but a bunch of incoherent ramblings. And for him to say, oh, well, the neo-Nazis had a permit, and it was the violent alt-left, the Antifa movement. I'm sorry, shouldn't we all be anti-fascist? Like, shouldn't we be all, like, anti-Nazi? Like, isn't that just being, like, a decent human being? But we're just as violent. Like, what is it? Like, or I, here's what I here's the question I really, really, really need answered. Are we just like oversensitive snowflakes that need to retreat to our safe space, or are we these ultra violent pricks that will just like shoot down anyone on our site? That's what we really need. Like, what 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 is it? You can't have it both ways. And for his own party to dismiss him, like members of his staff went on record and said, that's not what he wrote. That's not what we wrote for him. That was all him, what he said at the press conference. His own staff is throwing him under the bus at this point. Like, yo, I, honest to God, like, I didn't, I, I'm not saying Hillary was much better, but shit, we couldn't have done better than this. Yeah. Uh, you were right. You're really right. You're really right about that. And um, I, I got to look at this quote because Ben Carson, Ben Carson said some things today that was just out of pocket. And I'll look up his quote while I get, you know, Jalil's and Kurt to 45. Jalil, 45, like Angela said, <laughs> people from his own, you know, staff is trying to distance themselves like, eh, bro, I can't really get down with what you're talking about right now. I can't really get jiggy with this because you're not, you're, you're towing a line that you shouldn't be towing. And like Angela said, are you supposed to be snowflakes in our state? Or in our state are you supposed to be, you know, aren't we supposed to be against anti-fascism? Are you supposed to be against, against fascism, against neo-Nazis, not encouraging them? But remember, this is the same guy, Trump, that said that was encouraging violence at this, uh, at his at his rally. A guy that said, I can go on Fifth Avenue and I can shoot somebody and nothing would happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the more interesting things that um, I think that Trump has realized is basically that this is his base. And after a few days, I mean, initially he probably thought, I mean, and this is giving the most possible credit that you could possibly give um, to the president when you think about how he he's, react, he's reacted in the past few days. I think that... Um, the most credit you could possibly give is that he realized that this is his base. He needs to uh, come down hard on fascism and and uh, Nazism and uh, and anyone who is 
you know, basically anti-Semitic. Uh, he had to come down hard on those guys. But at the same time, he had to send a dog whistle because, I mean, those are the people who voted for him as well. I mean, even David Duke just – David Duke just came out and said it. He was like, thank you, you know, for defending us. And we understand that you had to condemn our beliefs just a little bit in the public eye, but that's all right. We understand how you feel. He basically just said it on Twitter. <laughs> it's like every, that's, that's like not even something we made up. The fact that he felt like he needed to – create something like the alt-left, which in this case would actually be anti-everything that was that, that March stood for, anti-racism. Uh, the alt-left would probably have to stand for anti-fascism. It would have to stand for anti-Semitism. It would have to stand for – it would have to – I mean, I feel like when you are the person who is between good and evil and you feel like – the middle is the best place to be. You're evil. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like the person who chooses to stay in the middle is deserves to be considered um, unbiased. I don't believe that. The person who looks at the alt-right and says they have some good people and the person who looks at these Nazis and these fascists and say they have some good people on that side and then looks at the other side that was protesting against those people and say they have some bad apples too, I don't, I don't from the bottom of my heart, I don't understand it. And I got to say, I, I, I ran into, when I, when I was talking about the dark side of um, the Internet, I actually got into a conversation. I know I should not have done this. I got into a conversation with somebody who is, you know, all about, you know, Southern pride and, you know, flying the flag. And I just simply asked the person one question. You know, I understand that, you know, that flag means that for you. Now, I I want you to answer this one question for me. What do you think that flag means to someone that isn't white? You know, like what does that flag mean mm-hmm. to Native Americans? What does that flag mean to African Americans? And basically what she said was, it doesn't matter because this is what it means to me. And that, how perfect is that? You know what I mean? How perfect is that? How that, that, that basically explains it all. Because at the end of the day, they don't care about other people. And, that, and that, that's something that you have to take into account when not only are you having conversations about with these people, but – when you are watching these people do the things that they do, they don't care about anyone other than themselves. They care about white pride and white heritage. The American experience is all about, you know, white heritage. Like, how, how, how do you tell the American story without um, talking about how whites were at the top, although the document they founded the country on said that there would be no bottom. You know, like if every man True. created equals, why why is that why is there a black woman in your bed? You know what I mean, who doesn't want to be there? And and I and I you know, it, I really do understand uh, where a lot of them are coming from. I I also think this is important. Um in case anyone didn't know, um Robert E. Lee, the general for the Confederacy, his family lineage actually came out with a statement just recently, um, and they basically said 
They don't believe his statue should be out in the city. They don't believe that. They believe that his statue and his legacy and what he did should belong belongs in one place, and that's and that's a museum, a Civil War museum. All right, and and not only do and and for those people who are destroying these statues, I gotta admit, I am against the destruction of public property. At the same time, I know how those people feel. You know, so it's like. There's definitely multiple sides to this, but really there's only one side that you want to find yourself on. You know what I mean? I'm going to hand this one off. I can go on forever, but, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I just don't understand how you find yourself in the middle of a conversation where one side is anti-everything America is supposed to be and the other side embodies everyone being equal. Like, how do you find yourself in the middle of that? And I have no idea. That's true. That's true stuff. And before I get to Kurt, uh, I'm going to go over what Ben Carson said, because Ben Carson made some headways this week. Um, he, this week, oh, this according to the Washington Post, he played down the violence in Charlottesville, calling the controversy over Donald Trump's response, little squabbles that are being, that are being blown out of proportion and echoing the president equating a white nationalist hate group with counter-protesters. Um, in a Facebook post after the protest in Charlottesville, Grudelli on Saturday, Carson said, let us pray for those who pray, pray for those killed and injured during the unrest in Charlottesville, but also for our nation as it is being sincerely threatened by hatred and bigotry on all sides. Ben Carson once again fails to understand what is going on. In this country, Kurt, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, forty-five, everything. I mean, uh, as one thing I find very interesting is that you know, Donald Trump said during his campaign, he always used to say, you know, we need to stop being so politically correct and tell it like it is. Well, right now mm-hmm. he has that. Grand opportunity, and he is not taking it. In fact, he is, you know, doing quite the opposite, and he's treading a very dangerous line. We talked about this back uh, during the Ferguson protests and Ferguson riots, and when all that was taking place. And I looked over and I told my wife, "I'm like, this is a tipping point." Now, granted, Donald Trump was not in office. Uh, when that happened, I mean, it doesn't really matter who was in office when that happened because, you know, that was a tragedy in itself. But when he says, you know, there was there was uh, bad things happening on all sides, I, I didn't really agree with that because there was only one there was only one side that showed up to a so-called peaceful protest with guns. There was only one side who showed up to a peaceful protest with AK-47s. There was only one group who showed up masked and, you know, with uh, military-style helmets and Kevlar vests and, you know... Right, and unnamed uh, militia. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, that's basically what it was, a rogue militia of angry, uh, I guess, 
white males who feel disadvantaged, and I, I, I don't, and I, I now I can actually go and quote and and say that because I, uh, I, I watched. I didn't just watch CNN. I actually watched Fox, and a young man actually said, you know, he he he's tired of feeling as if he has no voice. He's tired of feeling disadvantaged. He's tired of feeling disowned by society. So I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like you, you want to talk about you, you want to talk about disadvantages in life? I was like, uh, like I told, like I told Angela, um, way back, I believe it was right after. Uh, I want to say Trayvon Martin, but I'm not too sure. No, Mike Brown. That young man does not know what it is like to be a black male in America. And just like I told Angela, I do not know what it is like to be a white male in America. There are two totally different spectrums. Are there good white people in this world? Yes. Are there good black people in this world? Yes. Are there bad black people in this world? Yes. Are there bad white people in this world? Yes. But right now, the commander-in-chief is only catering to one side of that spectrum. He's trying to make, you know, he's trying to make it seem like it's, it's just everybody. Everybody, you know, everybody has played a role. I, I And uh, once I know, I totally agree with uh, with Jaleel when he says, you know, defacing and destroying public property or like the case in Baltimore last night, the the utter, the, 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 the mysterious disappearance of four war monuments are, you know, they just up and vanish and no one has any explanation on what happened to them. Uh I, I I believe the Civil War is a very intricate part of American history. Uh, I believe it's you know it, it it's it's a part of Black history because because of what they were fighting for, and you know I, I would like to see that monument in a Civil War museum because that's an appropriate place. I, I feel like if you're out and about near downtown and you see a a statue of uh, Robert E. Lee. That's that's a reminder that 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 tallies back to racism. That tallies back to slavery. Nobody nobody really wants to be consistently reminded of that. Now, when we see that flag flying, that's the first thing that comes to mind. When you see, uh, you, you know, when you think about the South and uh, excuse me, when you think about the South and you think about Robert E. Lee, Robert E. Lee, that's the first thing that comes to mind. As a you know as a, okay, let me rephrase that. That's the first thing that comes to mind as a black man in this country. That's what I will say. I'm speaking from my own perspective. And like I said, Donald Trump right now he's treading a very very thin line. Uh, this, this country is at a tipping point because we have a lot of we have a whole new generation. For lack of a better term, I'm just going to say this and excuse my vulgar, but uh, I've heard a lot of people say that. When it comes to racism and it comes to neo-Nazis, we are not our grandparents. We will fuck you up, and that's just that's just that's just putting it how they said it. And we saw an example of that on Saturday. It was uh, you know some people might have thought it was courageous. Some people some people, some people may have thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, that situation it was just, um, it was just wild and. I feel like it's actually going to get a lot worse because Donald Trump hasn't even been in office for a whole year yet. I mean, and if he keeps if he keeps it up at this point, if he just if he if he 
has to break away if if he can't break away from being politically correct and call it like it is in this situation and you know they have the audacity to get behind the wheel of a car and just plow into a bunch of people i mean he couldn't even call that racism i mean i mean excuse me he couldn't even call that man a terrorist uh to me that's domestic terrorism right there on our, on our home our own homegrown soil and he wasn't from Syria he wasn't from you know one of these Middle East, Middle Eastern countries that he constantly generalizes. Oh, but we shouldn't generalize all the neo-Nazis, but you can generalize gays, lesbians, Muslims, blacks, and everybody else that comes into the country. But, yo, let's not right. generalize David Duke. Let's not generalize Richard Spencer. There are, there, everybody's not a neo-Nazi. Everybody's not a, you know, everybody's not a bad person. It, he, he doesn't see the light, and I just feel like it's going to take a greater tragedy for him to either wake up or he's going to meet his demise. And I hate to say it, but if, if that happened, it really would not surprise me. But the, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. You can only poke a dog so many times before it bites back. He He's, and I, like, I, like I said it three or four times, I'm going to say it once more. He is treading a very thin line. And I, I just hope for the lighter at this point. But I really, I, I really hope, I really, really hope he wakes up. And great points by everyone. And and you know, Kurt's right. You know, like Kurt said, you know, there's only so many times you know you could poke a dog until it bites back. And that's the scary point. Like, was Charlottesville just a tipping point? Or could we be on the verge of something worse? Because this is not going to be the only Unite the Right rally. And, you know, I want to give big ups, you know, to GoDaddy for stepping up and Google for stepping up to eliminate the neo-Nazi website, the Daily Stormer, that hate site, you know, getting rid of that. But there's still a million other places where, you know, people that are neo-Nazis and stuff can get together and, you know, talk about the stuff, 4chan, you know, Reddit, social media, whatever, whatever. But it's Kurt right now. Are we on the verge of something that could be more, that could be worse than this? Because there's still, this is not going, just this incident alone is not going to stop white supremacists from doing what they want to do. They're going to keep on doing it. No, I see two sides that don't want to back down. And it kind of frightens me. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. If the people that don't fiercely identify with one side or the other actually step up and take a side, hopefully have will make some type of progress, and it's really the only thing that I can implore people to do. Like, you know, you, you can love your Republican friends. Not every Republican is a neo-Nazi or a alt-right. You right. know, you can still cross that party line, but there comes to be a point where you have to stand up and say, no, dude, this isn't cool. Like, I'm not down with this. And mm-hmm. no way, no how was I, like, I was completely disgusted watching news coverage this weekend. I would have loved to have, like, spit in some of those, you know, people's faces, and I use the term people loosely, and I say people because I don't want to say men because that's obviously not accurate. Uh, I mean, not the, 
it, I had a very inter- a very interesting uh, experience. I was on social media Sunday, either Sunday or Monday, and I posted um, the I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King. Now, Martin Luther King made that speech in, uh, I believe it's the, towards the end of August. I think that day is coming up either next week or the following week. But, and I, I just simply put, I was like, did, did anybody, like, miss this message? And I got a very interesting notification in my inbox that said, I know you're not racist and I'm not racist either. I'm not going to put this person out there because, I mean, it was just, it was just very awkward. But I'm not going to put that person out there. But it, it, they, they said that I shouldn't post pro-black things such as that. And I, 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 took, I took a minute before I responded because I was just like, that's pro-black? Wanting, e- wanting equality for all people is pro-black? You, you, know, you have absolutely wanting- every right to post anything about your heritage that makes you feel proud. Just like any but, white but, person but, has the but, right to like post anything about Irish, Italian, German, anything like that. Like You have absolutely every right to post that kind of stuff. That's and, absolutely and, 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 ludicrous and I, if someone would have said that to you. I, I completely agree, but I was just taken back because that's the first thing that comes to mind is pro-black. Like the the speech right. is sixteen minutes long, and all you and I was just I was just really taken back that the that that's the only thing you could come up with was pro was pro black. I'm like you really need this this speech is pro humanity, dude. Like mm-hmm. everything everything that is said in that speech. I mean, he mentions no offense. He mentions he mentions. Other uh, cultures and other races more than black people. Honestly, if you listen to it it's in, in its entirety, he wants equality for everybody, no matter you know what you believe in, no matter what ra- uh, race you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter you know what God you pray to. All that shouldn't matter, but in 2017, obviously it still does. Obviously, there there's a lot more division that separates us from a cultural standpoint. And it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of unwillingness to accept other cultures. And certain things that should be left in the past aren't in the past. And until they are in the past, I just feel like it's going to be a never-ending cycle and we're going to keep repeating ourselves. I mean, if you look at the covers of Time Magazine in 1968 and 2016 and 17, uh, some of them are fairly accurate and, you know, some of them are... <laughs> Quite similar, if you if you if you catch my drift, there's a there's a very good mm-hmm. picture. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say good. There's a very captivating photo of a young black male being bashed in the head. The title of the picture is called "Die Nigger." The reason the reason it's called that is because the photographer, with his own two ears, heard a neo-Nazi yell that before throwing a cement-filled water bottle at this young man's head. Wow. This is 2017. I'm talking about not 1968. That's deep. That's deep. Some it it is deep stuff, and this is where this is where you know this is where you this is where kind of politics and now sports intersect in this conversation, and this has been a very interesting thing because, like I said, Kaepernick. Took his stand peacefully, Malcolm Jenkins, with power fist, you know, uh, 
Michael Bennett made his stance. Marshawn Lynch made a stance. And when that happened with Lynch taking his sitting on the sitting aisle, I tweeted immediately on Twitter and said, search Marshawn Lynch's name on this app, on this social media, and see the type of ignorance and, and, and read the type of ignorance. The same thing with Michael Bennett. See what Michael Bennett did and read the type of ignorance. Adio summed up everything very well in his latest column on the website about, you know, how the message still continues. And I think I think this is where, in, in these types of times, Jalil, that if our commander-in-chief, where we have a commander-in-chief that he's lacking in speaking out on against these things, but now... We, it's like we almost have to look towards our athletes to speak up on this type of thing. And that's it, – it's, it's strange because you say, you're supposed to look at your president. Like, it doesn't matter if it's Bill Clinton, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter. They at least said something. Trump didn't say anything. But LeBron James is saying something. Every other athlete is saying something. Steve Nash is saying something. Have, have, I think it's more a deeper question. Have athletes, you know, took in that power of, you know, speaking up on politics and, 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 and things that are going on in this country? That's the best way to phrase it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You know it's bad when – here's one of the banes of my existence. It really is. It's um, It's when athletes speak out or people who are not politicians speak out, and then mm-hmm. people reply to them by saying, oh, stick to stick to playing basketball, dude. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yep. Yep. I mean, how do, that applies to everyone, doesn't it? You know, like I'm a math teacher. You know what I mean? They could tell me, oh, yeah, stick to teaching math, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. Stick to engineering, bro. Stay out of the politics. You realize that everybody, you realize that we're all American citizens and we can have our own damn opinions, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, LeBron James, although he's the greatest basketball player I've seen, you know, with my own two eyes up close, you know, he's he's still a, a citizen, right? His his opinion is valued no more and no less than anybody else's. So I don't understand why people um, or athletes and celebrities and what they call the Hollywood elite, and then they say, oh, you know, they don't count. They're the Hollywood elite. Why? They have a vote. You know what I mean? Their vote counts counts sure. just as much as yours. Why? Because they have more money than you. Their opinion is, like, not as valid. That's like, that's almost, that's borderline ridiculous. And something that I hate is that we all, is that at the same time we do those things as a society, we we also chastise the same people when they don't speak out. It's like it's like damned if That's you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? I mean, what if LeBron yep. everything went down and LeBron didn't say anything? You know how many people would have had an issue with that? It's the, it's the way how they feel about some players in the NFL feel. How people feel with some NFL players, like oh Michael Finn is speaking out, such as us speaking out. Why aren't you saying anything? Why are you just saying exactly. that? Why are you speaking? Well, no exactly, exactly. Want to know why they don't speak out? It's because you're going to blow up their Twitter or their Facebook or whatever it is that they use with ridiculous comments 
about how they should stay in their place. That's why. I just, I just want to add one more thing before we have to get off. So all those people who are listening to this podcast, who are going to listen to this podcast in the days coming, I just want you to really think about this. Ignoring it is just as bad as supporting it. We can't be silent anymore. Because most of the time, especially in situations like this, silence is loud. The president of the United States is supposed to lead us during times like this. And unfortunately, the only he was pressured in, you know, pressured in basically begged to say something. Star Wars tweeted before the President of the United States did about what happened on Saturday. Star Wars. A bunch of fictional characters. The First Lady tweeted before he did. I mean, last time I checked, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't vote her into office. We voted him into office. Or I, I should say, you know, they did. But I didn't. But silence is loud. A 32-year-old woman basically died fighting <laughs> fighting for what is right. And he says, you know, he says there were many sides. Nah, there were two sides. <laughs> One had guns and cars. The other had sticks and voices. As Americans, no matter what race you are, no matter what color you are, no matter what, you know, religion you are, what happened on Saturday was deplorable. And the whole world saw it, not just us in Philadelphia, not, you know, just the continental U.S., but the whole world. And the simple fact that Republicans, who dominated the election, are in most ways just as appalled as the general population is, something has to be done. This can't repeat itself. Because, like I said earlier, it's only going to get worse. We have to do something. We have to speak up. We can't continue to bash and criticize people for the way they want to protest or how they protest. I'll just leave it at that. No, that's a great point, and I'm glad you kind of wrapped it there because I do want to get Jalo and Angela's, you know, last thoughts on this and just where do we go from here, Ange? Where do we go? How can we go from... Charlottesville to make sure that something like this shouldn't, I'm not going to say never happen again, but it shouldn't have to come to this again. What can we do? What can we learn from this? How do we learn from this? It shouldn't happen again, but it probably will. And unfortunately, it's going to take it happening again enough for enough good people to finally stand up and say no. Dude, you don't represent us, and this is absolute total horseshit. And you know, crawl back into your hole where you felt safe before you were able to come out and like spew your hatred before freaking August of last year. It's just, it's not really going to be an easy situation. Unfortunately, it's going to happen again. But there just need to be enough people that are on what they see as the same side, and of course I mean that by, you know, demographics and such, to say, no, 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 Mm -mm. like, 
you're on your own, dude. And hopefully they get the crappy no. of a few times on the way down. You're right. You're right. I can't. I can't really. I can't. I. I. I agree. I agree. Both of y'all comments. You know, it, it, it's like you said. It's going to have to take this happening over, and over, and over again for some type of change to happen. And that's sad that it has to keep on happening over and over and over. Because I think we would have, as a country and as people, have evolved from these type of things happening, but we haven't. So, Jalil, your thoughts finally on where can we go from there and how do we make a change? Because I don't, it, it, it's obviously it starts by people continuously to denounce the, you know, white supremacists and neo-Nazis and et cetera, et cetera. But it also, I guess, I guess it starts with, it also starts with, you know, just taking this stuff seriously, taking politics seriously, taking voting seriously, getting out to the voting booth in 2018, making your voice count and not saying, oh, yeah, shit, I'm just going to sit home and, and not vote because, you know, shit, my vote don't mean anything either. Yeah, you know what? I think that the most profound thing you could possibly uh, truly do is is definitely going to be to vote and to simply understand that um, you don't want to find yourself on the wrong side of history. You know, we celebrate, over the years we have celebrated some things that have been very profound to us. But, 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 I mean, going back in history, the Million Man March that Dr. King gave his great I Have a Dream speech at, that was not a very popular thing to do back when he did it. You know, there were people coming out. Obviously, there was no social media, but there were people coming out saying, you know, I understand what you're trying to say, Dr. King, and what you're going for. I just don't like the way you're doing it. And I think he did say, um, that the white moderate is truly the person that he's disappointed in, in uh, in his letter to a from a Birmingham j- Birmingham jail, Birmingham jail, sorry, and basically just the idea that if you find yourself in the middle between someone who wants to have all the rights to themselves and someone who wants everyone to have equal rights, you are just as bad. You know the person who tells B that, you know, how how I should react to their bigotry is ridiculous. The person that tells me that my way of protesting is too extreme or my way of trying to address the issues that has plagued my family for generations is too extreme is ridiculous. Because I, let me tell you something. If it was black people oppress, oppressing white people, do you know how fast there would have been a humongous coup? I mean, first of all, you know, I love how people make false equivalences, uh, and, I, and you know, this happens all the time. But, you know, the experience that we have and where we need to go is, is, is so different. I mean, and to address something that Kurt said earlier um, when it comes to how far we've come, we have come a long way. But here's the thing. You know, if you start on a football field, and I heard this actually from somebody else. So I think it was Teron Davenport, actually. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but I, this was very profound to me. If you start at, in the end zone of a football field and you crawl all the way to the 50-yard line and you look back, you're going to look back and say, dang, that was a long way. 
to crawl. But then you look forward and you're like, man, but I still got a long way to go. And I feel like that's where we are right now. We know that we're not slaves. We know that we have rights. But then we look forward and we're like, we're not even close to where we need to be. And I, I feel like literally we're just at that crossroads. And and we're literally just kind of waiting out this mentality. We're waiting for the new generation to come in and we're waiting out that mentality that, you know, racism is okay. And that's all I got, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, you know, I appreciate everybody coming on, you know, and giving your, you know, true thoughts and opinions because I felt like you three were the right people to have one and that were able to, you know, not only articulate but speak, you know, about your points in a way that, you know, we can all, you know, come to and, you know, to hear different viewpoints and understandings on many different topics. And this is something that I think that we should do, continue to do often because there's only so many words you can say on social media. There's only so many words you can say, you know, on Facebook, even though even though you can write a, a humongous uh, Facebook status, but there's only so much you can say on Twitter and 140 characters. But it's nothing like sitting here and verbalizing and having a discussion, you know, about something that a topic like this, which, like I said, not only affects me, not only affects us on this podcast, on this very podcast, but also affects people, our family, relatives, siblings, everybody. And it's, it's, it's about how can we all make a change as a people? And I think that's going to be the question. How can we make a change as a people? What can we do to influence that change? And if and, and, and can the president make that change? The thing looks like he won't make that change, and and, and that's a and that's a that's a scary thing to think about. That we have a president who you know doesn't care for the well-being of everybody, and that's not what that office stands for. The office is supposed to care for everybody. And you know, be there for everybody, not just for one sector of people. And that's all I gotta say. So that's gonna wrap up this edition of the podcast. Appreciate everyone that will be checking out this very podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts on this on this podcast. Leave a review. Um, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Leave a talk. Tell us how you feel about all this situation, and you know. Or what can we? How? What can we do to make change? Because I think that's now the bigger, that's the greater question than all. What can we do to make a change? Because we can make it. It only takes one. It only takes one person. That one person can make a change. It can influence millions to make a change. We've seen over history: Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Martin Luther King. One person took a change, and it made a difference. Because there was a there's a woman in in, in Virginia, in Heather Heyer who is fighting for equality and making a change. And it shouldn't have to happen like that. But that's going to wrap up for me, Angela, Kurt, and Jalil. Everyone have a good one. And we will talk to you all very, very soon. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.